settle down, settle in, and open a bottle. Hello! Hello! Welcome, Welcome to, to Butler's, Butler's Podcast! <laughs> this episode, we're going to be talking about the Pinot Noir grape variety, aren't we, Cassie Gold? Yes, we are, because it's very, very popular. And now we're looking especially at seasonal wines or wines to have on a Christmas dinner table and something that is versatile with light meats and all different types of food. Pinot Noir is a really good option. It ticks loads of boxes. Okay, so what do you want to know about it? It's a great variety. That is correct. That's the first statement. Right, not a question. Well, it's not a place. That was my point. Right, do people think it's a place then? I don't know, but some wines are labelled places, some are under grape varieties. And Pinot Noir is a red grape variety. It is. That means pine and black. Oh, that black pine. But to do with the shapes of the bunches of grapes on the vines, they're pine-shaped because they're very tight clusters in a pine cone shape. Good knowledge. I think. Right, okay. We'll say that's the reason. We will. So Pinot Noir as a grape variety, because you haven't actually asked me a question yet, so I'm just going <laughs> to give you an Where does it grow? Uh, before that, it, it grows in certain areas, but not everywhere. Some grape varieties, like Chardonnay, can, they tolerate all climates, and you can grow it in England, or you can grow it in hot parts of Australia, or you can grow it all over the place. Pinot Noir... Um, is a little bit more fussy. It likes certain conditions and fails miserably in other conditions. So it likes a long, cool growing season. So plenty of sun hours, but not super hot. So a cool climate. Cool climate, yeah. So it does grow over here, but it's marginal. Um, It grows in Germany very well, but it also grows in areas like California, Australia, and in France, but even within those warmer countries, it really thrives in the cooler sub-regions of those countries. So I would say that, in general, Pinot Noir is synonymous with Burgundy in France. Yes, I would, I would say, um, lots of people would argue against that, I'm sure, but, it, it, but it, the, the most prestigious and most expensive wines in the past, and probably now, do come from Burgundy and uh, they're very hard to get hold of. They're, they're very collectible. Lots of people want them. Um, they have a good track record. Um, and so people try to em- not emulate, but want a bit of that success. If you're in another country, you, people will often say, I, I, this, this Californian Pinot is more Burgundian-like in style, or it's like a Chevry Chambertin, or it's like a Nuit Saint-Georges. They use it as a reference point. So they're the benchmark wines? Possibly, yes, but there are, you've got to be careful because there's a lot of rubbish as well. So you've got to find producers that you trust. There are lots of little sub-regions, lots of villages, say, like Chevry Chambertin or Nuit Saint-Georges or Volnay. These are all different villages within Burgundy and they all make wines from 100% Pinot Noir, but they do taste very different to each other. So sticking with French Pinot Noirs, are there producers that you would rate in particular? You want me to list some of the ones we have in stock, don't you? Which well. is a good plan. <laughs> um, yeah, I like, uh, for, for a firmer style and wines that age very well, Henri Gouge, Domaine Henri Gouge is... Uh, that company, that, that, that domain has been making wine, classic style wines for a long time, but they can be quite tough and quite tannic when they first start, um, but they will age 10, 15 years. And this is things you need to be careful with because Pinot Noir sometimes can be very light, pale in colour, very pretty and floral and 
quite elegant, but sometimes it can be quite hard and have this hard, firm structure until it's developed and more of the fruit comes out and the tannin, the tannin structure softens. So you do have to be, you have to take advice a lot of the time. But I would, they, well, I would have thought they would be described as light to medium bodied wines. Yeah, the, 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 the skin of the With grape the is very tannin. thin. So when um, you press the wine, you press the, the, the fruit, you've got a very pale looking um, wine compared to, say, Cabernet Sauvignon or a Merlot. Um, but they can have a bit of grip. And, and a lot of the, the vintages in, in European countries, they can be quite cool. And so if, if you don't get super ripe fruit, you get more of the acidity and the tannin up front. And that can be hard work sometimes. And also, I think we get some customers who presume that because they're light bodied wines or light colour, that means they're light alcohol, which they are not. No. We've got a Chilean one that's nine ninety nine, which is 15% or something. Yeah. It and tastes nice, but it's quite pokey. Yeah, and every wine in France seems to be just labelled as thirteen and a half percent for everything. So I don't know how that works, but yes, you're right. When you when you get some more sun on it, um, it can be a bit more robust, and it turns into a different beast. Same in in New Zealand, they're often fourteen and a half percent. If you if it's in too hot a place, you you tend to get a bit more of a baked fruit feel, and it becomes a bit more soupy in 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 its taste and and not so good. So you do really need to. It's it's a, a a great variety that winemakers love to love the challenge of trying to make a really good wine from it because it can be really tricky and it's hard to grow, isn't it? Because they're such tight clusters on the vines, they're susceptible to frost and rot and things because their skin's so thin. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. So any pest, any bad weather, they're they're knackered. So you really have to sort of wrap them up in cotton wool and and get them through, and then try not to cock it up in the in the winery, but. On the other hand, you, you're aspiring to sort of quite ethereal, memorable wines that are life-changing. So it's sort of worth striving for. So when they're young, I would say they're probably more fruit-driven. So you get more of the light-berried fruit, cherry, red berries. When they age, though, what happens to the wine? Yeah, you get a bit more savoury. So the tannins soften. A bit of barnyard. A bit of barnyard. A bit of, of, <laughs> of uh, mead in the farmyard. <laughs> bit of horsey, but um, sometimes mushroomy as well. So sort of savoury. These are the secondary type flavours and aromas. But you should also get some silky fruit and the fruit should soften and calm down and not be so in your and face. And they become a bit more complex. They do, especially on the aromas as well. And what about the colour? Gets a little bit paler, a bit more towards the brownie, brown rim <laughs> rather than oi, rather than sort of deeper colour. Okay. Okay. You want to take a moment? No, No. I'm just moving on really quickly before I say something really inappropriate. So we have good success with wines from Burgundy, even though they've had some poor vintages. We have got some really lovely wines on the shelves at the moment. Yes. But we also do have a massive range of Californian wines. Yes. So we have the Chardonnays on the whites and Pinot Noir on the reds. And some of those Pinots are the nicest reds I've ever had, I think. Nice is known to man. They just deliver every yeah. time. So when you want something that's just silky smooth and soft and fruity and doesn't hurt your mouth, and they're, yeah, it's yeah. just... And they're great right, right from the start, aren't they? So yeah, a little bit you open warmth. the bottle and they're nice. You don't was, have to decant it 20 to, times. I um, Bobby Maynard from Wild Floor yesterday, and we, he, he was talking about his Californian trip and... It just seemed to be like a, some sort of wet, misty fest 
that they had for two two weeks and you we were chatting we'll about look forward how to our trip then people when they think of california you sort of picture bikinis and surfers and la yeah but the but the the areas like sonoma um russian river they can be really quite cool and that's where the pinot thrives and that's where you get the really really excellent ones like kistler um, Ferrari Carano is very nice. Biricino are really nice. Biricino, really lovely. And then also you can go further north into Oregon. Um, to Ooh, yeah. Drouin. They make some fantastic wines in the Willamette Valley part of Oregon. Um, a little bit more subtle. Luminous Hills as well is up there, which we import with the Vindependence. That's a nice wine. And we haven't actually mentioned yet sparkling wines. No, and this is important to say because a lot of the, the plantings, a massive amount of the plantings of Pinot Noir as a grape variety get turned into sparkling wines around the world. So definitely important to English sparkling wines. Champagne. Champagne, of course. Um, New Zealand makes good sparkling wine in Australia from um, Pinot Noir, as does um, North America. So, And the, the quantities of sparkling wines sold are huge. So a lot of the Pinot Noir goes into this. And actually, at this time of year, Blanc de Noir styles of wine, which is the sparkling wines made just from the Pinot Mernier, Pinot Noir grapes, yeah. are amazing with food. Lovely. So seasonal yeah. food. We had. I remember we had the Ridgeview Blanc de Noir with some venison canapes. It was amazing pairing. Yeah, that's really nice wine at the moment, isn't it? And they're, they're treat wines, but they're superb for Christmas and... Mm. Festive drinking, really nice, and more yeah. of the red berry fruit for a, for a sparkling wine. And drink it like a wine, not just as an aperitif type thing. In a proper glass. Yeah. So, go on. No, I was just I was going to just refer to the film Sideways. Okay. Because when I was thinking about Pinot Noir, there was a massive boom in sales following the film of Sideways. So yeah. Merlot dipped because they slated that all the way through it. And Pinot yeah. Noir sort of soared afterwards, which didn't really stop. Do you think that's actually had an effect on the sales? Yeah, not my favourite film, to be honest, but <laughs> sort of, you know, just it watching brought, a It made film people about talk work. about wine, though, didn't it? It did. And, it, and there's it more did. of an interest. But there's only so many times you can have customers quoting it to you every yeah. day. But it, yes, it did. So Merlot, Merlot sales dropped completely, um, which is ridiculous because there are some nice ones. Not as many nice ones, I would say, in my opinion, as Pinot Noirs. <laughs> the Pinot Noirs are much better, um, but yes, it did. It did have a big effect on sales, and and possibly put Pinot Noir as a great variety on the map, maybe. And New Zealand as well. We haven't mentioned, but they, we have massive success with Pinot Noir in New Zealand. Yeah, so in Marlborough they're a little bit lighter, uh, prettier, and then Central Otago, um, you, you get a bit more concentration and a bit more gutsy. Um, Waipara as well. We've got a, a really nice one. Uh, by Mountford with a bit of bottle age on. That was really pretty. He was a nice bloke, wasn't he? Very nice. And Folding Hill we import every year. They, I had one the That was night. really... The Folding Hill's delicious. Yeah, really velvety. And organic, but not certified. They get missed as well. It's not everybody's first choice of a Pinot Noir, we find. they People tend to go for French all the time, don't they? But yeah. Um, they, they're, the they're great value. We're 25 selling, quid, under 25 we're quid. We're selling more than anything, it seems, of the Soli Pinot Noir, which is a Pinot we've got from Bulgaria, which yeah, is about 13 nuts, quid a bottle, it? and it's like wild strawberry juice. It's like a, a drink that could, like a baby could drink, probably. But it is, it's it's so not soft. dissimilar. If you had it in a blind tasting, I'm I reckon people would think drink. it's a burgundy. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Especially after a, a bit of time in the bottle. Yeah. But, yeah. 
So, I think I think important that you you go to a shop that's near to you that can offer advice because I think they're they're. Pinot Noir can be really expensive and it can be often disappointing as well. So I think it's a little bit of chat beforehand, trying to work out which one would suit you, pays dividends. I think I think that's... And if you're going somewhere where there's no advice, what do you recommend? Looking for younger styles to have something more fruity and light and... Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Fruit driven. Yeah. And not try not to overwhelm it with the food. Okay, and what would you be choosing to have on your Christmas table if you were picking one Pinot Noir to go with your turkey and your ham and all the other bits on the plate? Oh. Yeah, tricked you now. I don't know, you haven't. I tell you <laughs> what I do want. There's, um, some lovely, there's some lovely burgundy. So the, the, the Roble Mono Volnay that I had. I love Volnay. When, when we went to Amsterdam. Amsterdam, and that was, I thought, was Amsterdam-ish. beautiful. And that was... Uh, We've got some other wines from them, which I'd really like to have a go at. Um, something along those lines. We have got a magnum of Kistler. That might be two coming came home. Into the country. It's so only about five hundred pounds. Try not to drink that one. <laughs> and try not to break it. Oh, and the Benovia we're about to order. If I get my act oh, that was together, lovely. That was that was superb. That was really really nice. So you're going um, Burgundy and California, maybe one of each. Why not? Sounds yeah. like a plan. Yeah. Anything else about uh, Pinot Noir? There's loads of things, but we should probably end it there. We should probably stop there. Go and explore some Pinot Noirs. Or come and chat to us and we can advise you. Okay, bye for now. Ciao, ciao. That was fantastic, Cassie and Henry.